Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining with us again on day three of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's a joy to be with you once again this evening to spend some time uh, in the Word and also in a time of prayer. This is Wednesday, so we are uh, moving right along. I just uh, am so excited about what God is doing and just thanking the Lord each, each day for the blessings that He's provided for us. I'm glad you joined with us tonight. Thank you for tuning in and just spending this hour with us. For those that are here tonight in our sanctuary, thank you for coming and being a part of this uh, event of prayer. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm, I'm a part of a church that prays. Uh, I, and, I, and I mean that sincerely because I know that uh, there's power in prayer. And so coming together as we are, I believe that this is a time for us to really uh, experience uh, the voice of the Lord, hearing the voice of the Lord, and experiencing just an outpouring of His, of His presence in our lives. So I'm very thankful for each and every one of you that are here this evening. I want to ask you, if you will, if you have your uh, uh, prayer book, your prayer guide, you want to have that with you. Uh, this evening, because we are going to refer to it here in just a little bit. But also, if you uh, noticed on your prayer uh, calendar, you know that today, day three, is a vision for spiritual growth. And the scripture text that we're going to be looking at this evening is 2 Peter chapter 3, and it's verse 18. And so I want you to, to just look at that if you uh, have a uh, Bible uh, with you have it there just open it up uh, and and let's let's look at the word together this evening second peter chapter 3 and verse 18 it says but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be the glory both now and forever amen when I was, uh, I was thinking about this, when I was a, a kid growing up, and some of you probably remember, if you remember, uh, there was a show that was on television called Lost in Space. I, I don't know if any of you ever watched that, but uh, it was uh, a show that I, I, I like to watch. And it was interesting because it was about a space colony family that was struggling to survive uh, out in space because they uh, had a stowaway that had gotten on their ship. Uh, he was a spy, and he got on the ship, and his, uh, while he was on the ship, he caused them to go off course. Uh, you probably remember his name on the, in the show. His name was Dr. Smith. Dr. Smith was notorious for getting into trouble and getting the, uh, the, the Robinson family in trouble as well. Also on board the ship, while the Robinsons were seeking their way home, they had a robot that was on board. And Will and the robot, uh, it was kind of like Will's robot, and Will, the, the boy, uh, was always you know, tinkering around and doing things, and the robot would always follow him everywhere he went. One of the things that would happen is that any time that uh, Dr. Smith would do something that would create a dangerous situation or the family would be in a dangerous situation, the robot would uh, say, danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. And he would warn them of the danger, the coming danger that was before them. You say, well, what does that have to do with uh, 2 Peter uh, 3 and 18? Well, it has a lot to do with it because 2 Peter, the letter that Peter writes, is a letter written for us to tell us danger, danger. That there are dangers that we face as believers and as a church. And so it's important for us to take a look at what Peter is talking about 
in this text. It's also important to note here, and, and I don't have time to uh, get into it, but Second uh, Peter is, is to be studied along with the book of Jude. Jude is just one letter. It's one chapter. So when you read Second Peter, you need to read Jude as well. So I don't know if you know that or not, but when you, so the next time that you open up uh, the, the Word, go back and read the book of Jude as well. And we don't have enough time to, to discuss everything that's in Jude. Suffice to say that it connects with the writing of, of Peter. In fact, uh, Jude was written before Peter, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, Peter, Second Peter was written. So it's important for uh, you to read them together so you get a better picture of the danger that was emerging, the reason why that these two specific uh, books were written for the church, because they express to us and tell us and warn us about two specific problems that had arisen. And Peter uh, discusses this, and it is the emergence of false teachers, and then also the emergence of false teaching that had crept into the church. So there's a warning given to us that we have to be aware of false teachers that would creep in, but also we have to be careful about false teaching, that we need to be on guard so that we do not become susceptible to the false teachings of those who are uh, trying to perpetrate this message that is contrary to the Word of God. And this concern is not just the concern of the early church. I believe this is a concern that we have today. There is many voices that are speaking right now. And we have to be careful not to heed the wrong teaching. So this is the concern. We have, to, we have to pay attention and be mindful. And you know, the average Christian um, is, is called, you know, to walk simplistically before the Lord. We're to live a godly life, and we're to follow the teachings of Scripture. And we are to commit ourselves to loving God and to doing good. That's what, our, that's what we're called to do. Love God. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. So there's a, there is a uh, simple way of living the Christian life. If we would love God and love our fellow man, we're doing all right. If we would, because our love for our fellow man flows out of our love for God. And with all the struggles uh, that are before us as believers, one of the things that many struggle with in this present moment is the ability to discern the things that are going on, to discern God's timing and forbearance. Um, the, as we talked about last night, where God seems to be restraining or his control, self-control over matters that we see happening. Um, kind of just kind of segueing off of last night, a lot of times we're asking God, why God are you letting this happen? Why don't you do something about the things that are happening around us? Why do we have to let things continue to go on like they are? And, and, and that, that question often causes us some difficulty because we're trying to discern and what we have to be even more cautious about is that there's a lot of voices out there, folks. There's a lot of voices that are screaming. There are a lot of voices that are, that are, that are loudly speaking and proclaiming things and saying things. And when, when that begins to happen, it's, sometimes it's hard for us to wade through all of those things because it, it makes it especially difficult when Scripture is being involved in it, 
when scripture comes up and 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 you know they're using the word to uh strengthen what they say and so when you hear so many variables and so many things we have to um we have to have a discerning spirit we really have to know and i and i tell people all the time I said you have to be careful the well that you drink from there's a lot of poison cisterns out there there's a lot of word going on that's not from the lord but if we're not discerning, we won't know what that is. And this is the warning. This is the, uh, if you will, the danger that is present before us. And so Peter, because it was prevalent then, and it was going on rampantly during, during, that time, during the early church time, it's going on now. So Peter uh, says to you and I, these are the things that we need to do. This is what we need to strive towards. These are the things that we need to, to deal with as we navigate our lives through all of this stuff that's going on and as we approach the future and seeing what we see, what are we going to do about it? And so he kind of outlines three specific things and I want to give them to you tonight. Uh, the first one is, uh, that we are to be spotless and without blemish. We're to be a, a, a spotless church. The second thing is, we're to be at peace in the Lord. And the third thing is, view, we're to view the long-suffering of God as His way of leading to the salvation of others. But the reason why God is long-suffering, the reason why He holds back judgment, the reason why he doesn't do some of the things that we want him to do is because he is waiting for and drawing people into a relationship with him. So let me, let's break this down just a little bit. The first one, we're, we're to remain pure. And we're to remain pure in an impure world. In spite of the insurmountable cultural obstacles that we face. And there are so many things, folks, so much going on. As a believer in this world and in this community, we have to remember that God has provided everything necessary for us to live a godly life. He has provided everything that we need in order for us to live godly and holy and upright. First, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, if you were to go, just go back into 2 Peter a little bit, verse 3 and 4, he says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and goodness, through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be a partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. So right, right here, Peter, uh, right off the bat, tells us that because we've been given through the divine power of God, we've been given everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. There is, I say this all the time, there is nothing more God has to give us. Amen. It's already been given. And the reason why we feel like that we're lacking is because that we don't understand the word and the knowledge. He said, through the knowledge of him who called us. See? So it's through his knowledge that he's called us by glory and virtue that by which we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. Think about that exceedingly great and precious promises. The, we are the partakers of that. We're partakers of the divine nature of God. We are partakers of the promises of God. He has given everything that we ha need, have need of. And because of that, we then can escape the corruption that this world it, tries to perpetrate on us through the lusts that are before us. So see this clearly tonight. Every resource that we need to accomplish the task 
that God has called us as a church and as believers to accomplish are available to us. There's nothing that we need that our God has not already supplied to us. That's what Philippians 4.19 says. My God shall supply all of your needs according. According to what's going on on this earth, according to what happens in the White House, according to what happens in, in the world that we live in, according to what happens on my job. No, no. My God will supply all of my needs, all of your needs, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, all power has been given to Christ Jesus. He is the head. If you remember back what I talked about last Sunday, Satan tried to rule, but Jesus comes along and he removes his headship and takes authority back and now because of Christ Jesus, we have everything we need. The resources are there. They're at our disposal. But here's the thing. you got to be willing to acquire them. If you're not willing to acquire the promises of God, if you're not willing to reach out and, and take hold of the promises of God, if you're not willing to allow the Word of God to be in your heart and life and build you up and strengthen you, if you won't let the Holy Spirit move upon you and work through you, then you, you are going to be lacking in the ability to withstand the onslaught of the enemy when he comes against you. So the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. See, we're not like the world and we're not to act like the world. We're separate from the world. We may be in the world, but we're not of this world. And we're to use this world, but we're not to abuse this world. We are a part of what we, we're in this world. There's no way we can escape that reality. But as I've been reiterating over and over again, Sunday after Sunday, we've been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The world indulges itself in fleshly things, and we know that those things, the Bible says, leads to death. But Peter, he, con he, he comes off and he says this. He says, I want you to understand that those who remain faithful, that in, in contrast to the unfaithful, if you remain in this world, you are to remain in this world without blot, without spot, without blemish. You're to remain holy. We as believers you know, and listen, our truth claims of the Word of God, what I'm saying to you, we're to live holy lives, we're to live righteous lives, we're to live pure lives, but you understand, the only way that that can be true, all right, is when we speak from the authority of the Word of God and the authority, the authority of the vessel. In other words, when our vessel is pure, when we're holy, when we live holy, when we walk holy, when we live righteous, when we speak righteous things, when we act righteous in, in righteous ways, then we testify of the truth of this word. When we live opposite of the word of God, all right, but then we turn around and try to talk about the word of God, we have no authority in the word of God. See, it, what it means is this, that if we're going to speak with the authority of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then we're going to have to remain in that place. We're going to have to be pure and righteous. We're going to have to be holy before God. We're going to have to touch not the, the unclean things. We're going to have to remove ourselves from those things. This is what God's called us to do, and this is what he's telling us. Peter is saying to us, in this world where there is a lot of cultural pulls where the world is trying to tell you that it's okay to be this way it's okay to do that where the where where we're seeing in the church world where we're embracing we're embracing the culture where we're saying that it's okay to do whatever you want to do and god still loves you when we say things like it's all covered under grace when we start talking that way we lose our authority we we lose it we have no authority. There are churches today that have zero authority in this world. They think because that they hold to a stance that the culture holds to, they think that when they do that, 
that that will be enough to draw the culture in. Let me tell you something. The culture is not looking, the world is not looking for more of what they already have. What they're really looking for is, is the God you serve really able to set me free from the bondage I'm in? Is God really able, is the God you, you talk about, the God of the Bible, is he able to truly set me free? Is he able to heal my brokenness? Is he able to change my life? And the only way for them to know that is for you and I to hold up the purity and the righteous banner of God with our lives and say, as for me, I'm going to serve God. I don't care what culture's doing. I'm going to live the way God. It may be unpopular for us not to accept the reality of what the world wants, but I would much rather hold to what God wants of my life. And that, my friend, is what draws men. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. How do we lift him up? We lift him up. Listen, just because you sing a song, that doesn't lift Jesus up. Just because people sing, there's a lot of people sing, there's a lot of secular singers who sing religious music, but they're not lifting up the name of Jesus. The only way to lift up the name of Jesus is for your lifestyle and your life of holy living to lift up the name of Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, we lift him up through the way we live our life. We lift him up through our, our speech, our conversation, our actions, our deeds, everything about us. Those are the things. And, and Peter's saying this. He's saying, you've got to understand, in this world now, our world, our world is not quite there where Peter was at. They were, they were killing Christians. They were, they were, they were, they were burning them at the stake. They were taking them out. They were sawing them asunder. Read the book of Hebrews. They were taking uh, children and killing. Well, we're doing that now. They're, but we've not quite. We weren't quite there yet, in America at least, around the world. And here's what he's saying. He said, "In the world that we're living in right now, in the place where we are right now." You can live holy. You can live upright. You can walk worthy of the vocation with which you've been called. You can do this. And he said, I want you to know that. And that, listen, that's why it's imperative for us, he says, that wherever we are, whatever we do, that we, we walk in peace. We walk in peace. See, the second and third priority relates to the first. The tendency of you and I as human beings is to question God, right? Where are you, God? How long, God? What will you, when, will you, when are you going to do something, God? And when we, when we are asking those kinds of questions, what tends to happen to us, we tend to become very anxious, don't we? We, we, we tend to become very, we, there's a lot of unrest. We don't, we don't rest well at night. We, we, we don't, you know, there, there's a lot of, th our minds begin to start thinking, God, why don't you do something? God, what's going on here? If you read, if you read 2 Peter, what he's saying to us is this. It is imperative that we find that place of God's peace where he said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That kind of peace. What, what you have to do is keep in mind that God, as I said last night, God is working all the time, all the time. There's, there's never a moment God's not at work. Amen. The Bible says, the psalmist said, he never sleeps and he never slumbers. So God is always working. In fact, he is always working to bring others into salvation. 2 Peter 3 and 15. He said, consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. See? The long-suffering of the Lord. Aren't you glad God was long-suffering with you and me? 
Aren't you glad God didn't say, you know, I'm done with you. You messed up too many times. You blew it too many times. I'm done. It's over. I'm so thankful. Now, I know we want to do that sometime with people. We want to just shake our heads and say, I'm done. I can't do no more. I'm done with this. But I'm thankful that God, God, he says in his word that he is not willing that anyone should perish. See, 2 Peter 3 and 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but they should all come to repentance. See, the promise is what? The promise of salvation. The promise of He said the Lord's not slack concerning that. He desires everyone to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He's long-suffering. He's working all the time, wooing. The Holy Spirit is moving constantly. Upon. I know sometimes it doesn't look like it. This is the reason why prayer becomes so vital for us when we pray for those we love and pray for those that are lost because God is always working. His promise is not slack as some men count slack. He will not let it go. He wants people. To, if you go to hell, you go to hell on your own flourishing. You go to hell because that's what you wanted to do. It is not because God did not reach out to you. Amen. And this is something we have to recognize and know this. And listen, if we, if we understand that, then we can, find, we can rest in this peace. God, I don't understand why. Have you, ever prayed, have you ever prayed a prayer for someone like this? God, whatever it takes, bring them to you. You ever prayed that prayer? And then when all of a sudden, whatever it takes starts happening, right? All the crazy, bad, just stuff starts happening. And we were like, God, I really don't want you to do it that way. I want you to do it this way. Listen to me. We have to be willing to let God be God. You're not, I'm not, he is. Let him be God. Let him work. He is working towards the salvation of lost people you said yeah but man the more i prayed the worse they're getting then keep praying don't stop praying now don't stop when things are getting bad don't stop i've had people literally i've had people come to me and tell me you know pastor i just can't do this no more i i, I just can't do it. it's just too hard it's too difficult i just can't do it never realizing that that's the very moment you probably would have seen your breakthrough. But because you gave up, because you didn't carry through and didn't tarry on through, remember, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Salvation will come to your household. Your children will be saved. Amen. But you can't, you can't give up. Some men, they look at it and say, ah, what's the use? No, I'm not. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to walk in the peace that God promised me that he's going to bring my household into the kingdom. I'm going to trust him that he's going to do this. And no matter what I see, no matter what, I don't care how bad it's getting for me, I'm going to believe, God, you're working. If, if God wasn't working, trust me, the devil wouldn't be working so hard to try to keep him. See, the day of the Lord is coming. When we talk about the day of the Lord, we're talking about the day of, of vindication, the day of justice. It's going to come. There's going to be a day when God is going to vindicate his people. There's going to be a day when justice will rule again. All right? We may see justice laid dead in the street in our day and time, but the day will come. And remember this, God's timing and purposes are beyond your and I comprehension. And that's why we as believers are challenged every day to find a place of rest, to find a place of peace as we wait on what God is doing. Amen. You need to rest in the Lord. I really truly believe that right now, <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, now is not the time to speak out. Now's the time to be still, to be at peace. See, I say that because I, I'm watching people. They're not at peace. They are, they are so anxious, 
and so fretful and so fearful and moving in so many ways that they just cannot see clearly enough that God is moving. But I'm telling you, God is on the move. He's never stopped. And we have to find that place. And, and, and what that means for you and me, that means that we're going to have to learn how to endure hardship like a good soldier. I've watched a lot of war pictures, and I've talked to a lot of people in the military, and when you go into battle, you, go in, you, have, you have what you need for the battle. But you know what? There's a lot of nights they spend in mud. There's a lot of nights they spend in the grime. There's a lot of nights they spend out in the open, and they have to hunker down. There's a lot of hardship when you're in a battle. It's not, it's not all, you know, tiptoe through the tulips. It is hardship. There are times you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to buck up. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say, you know what, we're going to get this done. We're going to do what has to be done. We're going to trudge through here. We're going to go, when God says move, we're going to move. We're not going to sit back, eh, it's too hard. I can't do this. This is too much for me. No. We're going to have to learn to endure. That's what the Bible says. As believers endure, that's a part of the character of a believer to endure. And this is what we have to do. So here's what he says. He tells us, he said to us, he said that I want you to understand something. Remember that you were saved because our Lord was patient. Think about that. You were saved because the Lord was patient with you. How many of you really thought you'd be sitting inside a church house or you'd be watching a minister preach the gospel? There was a time when you thought, there's no way I'm ever going to do that. God was patient with you. He was patient. And he said this, he said, because of his patience, he said, you know, uh, in, in verse 15 and 16, our dear brother Paul told you the same things when he wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. And he writes about it in a letter. And some things in Paul's letter, they were hard to understand. And people who were ignorant and weak in faith explain them in a false way. So they are falsely explaining to others the scriptures, but they are destroying themselves by doing this. And so he's telling us, watch out. Because even though sometimes it's difficult, there are things in the scriptures people will talk about and they try to make it, they try to make it the way they want it to be. Here's the thing. When you say something like, well, tell me what that scripture means to you. It really doesn't matter what it means to you. What really matters is what does it mean to God? Because he's the final authority. Your opinion don't count. My opinion don't count. The only opinion that matters is God's opinion and what God says about it. So it doesn't make no difference if people say, well, I think, you know, that grace is enough and, you know, it'll all work out in the end. No, God doesn't say that. That's a false teaching. Those are false words. And so what we have to remember is, is that we have to hold fast to the promise of God and the word of God, and we have to earnestly contend, as Jude says, for this faith. And, there, and this is what he's saying. So he says that in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, all right, he comes to that final verse, verse 18. You are to grow in grace and in the knowledge. You are to, you, you are to, you are to take this, you are to take this word, you are to take the things that you've learned, and you are to grow in grace. You are to continue to grow. This should be the heart cry of our hearts, grow. We're going to grow. We're going to grow in the grace of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're not going to let, we're not going to let the false words of men sway us the other way. No, we're going to grow in the grace of God. We're going to grow in His power. We're going to grow in His knowledge. And by doing so, we're going to be found faithful to do what God's called us to do. That is the Word of God to us. That's what He's saying to us in the midst of all the false teachings, in the midst of everything else that's going on around you, in the midst, of, even, he said, even if angels in heaven come and preach another gospel, don't believe it. He, 
Paul said, even if I come along later and preach something other than what I preached to you in, the, in, in times past, don't believe it. It's not from God. What is he telling us? Grow. Grow spiritually. Grow. This, this, is, a, this is not just physical, folks. And you know how physical growth happens? Does it happen overnight? No. Spiritual growth is a constant experience of development. It takes every day, in every way, growing in the knowledge of God. So tonight, as a part of our prayer, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to take and open up your prayer, your prayer guide, and I'm going to ask you, if you would, to just to go there with me. And we're going, to, we're, going to look, we're going to look at a prayer tonight that I'm going to ask you to help me to pray. And But before we do that, I'm going to ask you to do this with me. I'm going to ask you to take that verse of Scripture, 2 Peter 3 and 18. And I'm going to ask you to do this with me. I'm going to ask you to pray that Scripture verse out. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, one, I want you to thank God that He's given you grace to grow. Two, I'm going to ask you to thank Him that the Holy Spirit gives you understanding and the knowledge to know the Word of God. And three, I'm going to ask you to thank God that you are in Christ Jesus. And then the, the fourth thing I'm going to ask you to do is to give him all the glory and all the praise. Would you do that right now? Father, I come to you right now. I just want to thank you. I'm going to thank you, God, that we can grow in grace. God, that this is a daily walk in my life. Lord, I thank you that you are patient with us. You're long-suffering with us. God, you continuously work with us. God, I thank you, Lord, that, that even, Lord, when we've stumbled, even when we've faltered, Lord God, you didn't give up on us. But God, that you loved us through the process. And God, every day, in every way, Lord, as we seek you, God, you enable us to grow in the grace that we have. You, God, cause us to be built up on holy faith. God, you enable us to stand against the wiles of the enemy. You enable us, God, to walk worthy of the vocation with which we have been called. You have, God, called us to this time and to this place. Lord, you have brought us here and given us grace Grace enough to stand in the midst of the turmoil. Grace enough, Father, to stand in the midst of troubled times. Grace enough to stand when everybody else, Lord God, would fall by the wayside. But you, Lord, have given us grace to grow, grace to prosper, grace, O oh God, to be built up on a daily basis. And because of that reason, Lord, we're able, God, to do what we do. We're able to stand, Lord, in the midst of the evil. We're able to stand in the midst of the darkness. We're able to stand in the midst of the onslaught of the enemy and remain holy and upright and pure and allow your righteousness, because it's not our righteousness, God. It's not our purity. It's not our holiness. It is because of what you've done. We are clothed in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us understanding of the knowledge of the Word of God. Oh, Father, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be a comforter to us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to constrain the lost, to bring them in, to draw them to you. Thank you, God, that the knowledge of your word goes forth. And Lord, that you said in your word, God, that you would not even return until all have heard. So God, I thank you. I thank you that you've raised us up for such a time as this and that you've empowered us with an understanding of the word of God so that we can go forth and that today, Lord, we're standing in Christ Jesus. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are built up on holy faith because of Christ. 
thank you, Lord, for going before us. I give you the glory and I give you the praise for it in the name of Jesus. Now give him glory right now. Just give him praise right now. God, I praise you. I magnify your name. I glorify your name. I lift up your name. I thank you, God, for the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God, for the presence of the Lord in my life. I thank you, Lord, that I am sustained, Lord God, by you, by your grace, by your strength, oh God. I thank you, Lord, that when I'm weak, you're strong. I give you glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you'll open up your prayer guide to page 28, I want you right now to look at this, Matthew 6, 33. Here's what it says. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be given to you as well. So I want you right now, would you just pray that out right now? God, I know that sometimes in the world that we live in, I know, God, that we oftentimes want to seek after our own desires. But, God, if we've heard tonight, Lord, there's a danger there if we do that. And, God, we do not want to seek after our own things, Lord, but we want to seek after you. We want to seek after your purposes. We want to seek after the things that you have for us. God, we want to follow the things that you want for our lives and for our future. We want those things, God, for our families. We want those things for our children and for our children's children. God, we want to see those things on the job. We want to see you, your hand at work, Lord, in every place of our lives. And God, in order for that to happen, we have to seek you first. God, you're the first and foremost one of our hearts. And God, we come tonight. Lead us, Lord, into that place. Lead us to a life of blessing. Lead us to a life of purpose. Lead us to a life of freedom, God. Because we know, God, that you've given to us, God, the things we have. And Father, I pray, let us continue to stay focused on the priority of what's first. And that is your kingdom. God, you've called us. God, to be kingdom people. You've called us, God, to advance the kingdom. And God, we do that by loving others, by sharing the love of Christ to others, by, Lord, making your name known to others, by declaring the truth, God, to this generation, by standing, God, in the world that we stand in, and God, declaring your truth and the justice of your word, and speaking life, God, where there was death, and speaking hope, God, to the hopeless. Oh, God, today, revive us, God, to those places. Let us, God, be a people to Speak words, O oh God, of joy and peace and life to those who need you, Lord, in this time. Father, I pray right now, help us to see people as you see them. Help us to see them like you see them, God. Help us, O oh God, to, to hear, Lord, the heartbeat of the world like you do, so that, God, we can be compassionate toward them and we can love them, God, because, God, that's what the kingdom is all about. Oh, Lord, you said your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, God, I pray, let the righteousness, God, of Christ Jesus be upon us. Let the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory fill our hearts every day. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the joy, oh, God, that we have, God, is because of our salvation, because we know who we are in Christ Jesus. And God, and we are filled, Lord God, with righteousness, with peace, God, in the, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of difficulty, Lord. There is a peace that passes all understanding. Right now, I'm speaking to people right now, right now, that need, just need peace. Come on, just let him, just let his peace right now. Just be still. Be still and know him as God. He's God. He's God over your situation right now. Right now. You see, there are people right now, I believe, that are unsaved. And, and the scripture in, the, in, your, in your guide, James 4 and 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. If you'll humble your heart, God, there are people right now that refuse to humble their heart. And because of that reason, God, they are outside of the blessings that you have for them. But oh, for those who will humble themselves. May we, God, humble our heart before you. We recognize, God, 
that we cannot do anything in our own selves. God, that everything that we do, God, we might, we might, it may look like it to the world that we're successful. It may seem, Lord, to the world that we have acquired things. But the reality is, God, we have not. If we haven't given to you, God, what belongs to you, if we haven't done what you ask of us, God, then we are not, we are not successful. So show us, God, how that we can utilize our time. Show us how we can utilize our energies. Show us how we can use, Lord, what you have given to us in order for us, God, to, to take the, the gospel to the lost. To be able to, to share the love with our family. God, I pray for open doors today. God, to share Christ with our family. Because God, you said that you are not slack concerning your promise. And God, that you desire, Lord, you're, you're working, you're long-suffering with them. Help us to be just as long-suffering, Lord, and to be patient, God, with them, and to believe, Lord, that the actions that we see with our eyes and the words that we hear coming out of their mouth, Lord God, even though they may be ungodly things, yet, God, we know we will speak life over them, God, we will speak life over them. Isaiah says in 54 and 17, no weapon formed against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and this is their vindication for me. From me declares the Lord, no weapon formed against you. It doesn't matter what the enemy says about you. So, Father, right now, we stand upon the word of the Lord today, believing, God, that you're moving, believing that you're speaking, believing that you're doing this, God, in spite of what we hear and see. Right now, I'm going to ask you, why don't you, whatever promises you know God has given to your life right now, would you just thank him for it right now? God, right now, we hold to the promises that you've made. You, God gave us promises of salvation. God, there are promises, Lord, that you've made in your word over and over again. You declared to us, God, that you're moving, that you're raising up, that you're tearing down the works of darkness. God, we're standing on the promises. I claim them in Jesus' name. And I believe, God, that no weapon formed, no weapon formed against your church will prosper. No weapon formed against the people of God will prosper. No evil thing the enemy is trying to do will prosper. We may, have to, we may have to endure hardship as a soldier, but we, Lord God, will do it with gladness because we know that you, Lord, are on our side and that we're going to come out on the other side of this. If we have to go through it, we're going to come out of it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want Marlene. Where are you at, Marlene? I want you to come up here right now. I want you to just come up here. I asked Marlene if she would be ready to pray during this moment. So I, I, I want her to come and she's going to pray. So Marlene, just come right up in here. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Father, I thank you tonight for confirming your word, Lord God. For I thank you, God, for your peace. I thank you for the endurance, Father God, for the fight that we are in. I thank you, Lord God, for, God, we are on the potter's wheel. I thank you, God, that you are pruning us, Father. And although it hurts many, many times, God, I know it is for our benefit, God. Your word comes in and it cuts us, Father. And it comes in and it heals us, Lord. And I thank you, God. I thank you, God, because you do not allow us to Stand still in our walk with you. You challenge us. You're moving us. We're growing in you. You bring new growth, God. You cannot pour the oil in old wineskins, Father. So you have to move us. You do not allow us to grow complacent in you, Father. You are a living God. You are a consuming fire, Father. Anything complacent in us, Father, burn it out. Burn it out in us, Father God. 
those very deep, dark places in our lives that we try to hide, God. You go deep down in there and you break the chains in our lives, God. And I thank you, Father, for that. I ask you, God, that you would allow us not to just in word, Father God, change us, that we would not just be people of your word in word, but in deed, God, that we would be people of integrity, people of humility, people that walk in kindness, God, in humbleness, Father God, people that, Lord God, that the world would see us, Father God, and that they would long to be, Father, like us, God. I pray, Lord God, that we would be life changers to this world, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that the, that the anointing would be so strong, Father God, in our lives that we wouldn't have to utter a word, Father God, that your presence would be so strong upon our lives, God, that lives would be consumed, Father God, with your presence, Father. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that growth would come out upon your people, God, in these last days like never before, God. I decree and declare, God, that growth would come out among the marriages, God, in this congregation, in this nation, in our jobs, upon our families, upon our children, Lord God. I decree, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that growth would come up upon dry bones, God. You're the only God that can lift, that can speak to dry bones, and they come alive, Father. So in these last days, God, speak to the dry bones, Father God, in this church and upon this nation, in the mighty name of Jesus. Bring new growth, Father God, growth like we've never seen before, to dead limbs, Father God, to places, Lord God, that have been so dead, Father, that resurrection life come alive, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus especially upon this congregation, God, that love would abound, that barriers would be broken, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, break the walls, Father God. Break the walls in this place in Jesus' mighty name. I bless you, Jesus. I thank you and I love you. I honor you. You are awesome. You are awesome, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? If, uh, if you believe that God can do just what we are praying, then there's no reason for us to sit still or to be quiet, but that we ought to give God praise with everything in us and to say, God, I believe it. I hold to it. I know your promise. I believe, God, you're going to do this right where you are. You're watching us. Believe it right now. I'm telling you, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Hallelujah. 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 You know, if you have, if you have children, I told you this yesterday, I'm going to just, if you have children and they have, a, they have their own prayer guide, uh, get their prayer guide out and, and go to page 47. And, and this, is, this is a prayer that you can pray with your children Ask God to lead them every day. It's what that's the title of it. Ask God to lead you every day. And if you've ever been lost, not known, and don't know where to go, kids, it's not fun when you're lost. It's easiest, the easiest way to avoid it is for you to ask for directions from someone. Or especially if someone's got a map or follow a GPS. Well, I don't always like following GPS. But Jesus has a map. And it's, a, it's the Bible. And his Bible leads us and gives us the very best plan that we can have for our lives. And so kids, I'm telling you, if you'll follow this, I know you think, sometimes kids think this is only for grown-ups. I want my grandbabies, I want my grandchildren to know that God can lead them every day and they can grow just like we can grow. And they can have faith, in fact, their faith sometimes is greater than my faith. Amen. And Jesus, you know, the word says, if you have the faith of a child, if you could just be like a child. He said, don't forsake children because children, they are the ones, they're the ones that are the, are the kingdom. 
And I'm so thankful. So there is, and so there's a, there's a prayer that the children can pray, and there's an exercise that they can do in there. And I, I just want you uh, parents to pray this prayer with your children now, right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the plan you have for me. Thank you, Lord, that today I have your plan for my life because I know it's the best plan there is. Lead me. Give me words to say. Help me think good thoughts. Help me to be kind to people, to be wise, make good choices. Jesus, please make me more like you every day. Oh, Lord, do it for our kids. Do it for our kids. In Jesus' name. On the screen, there's the prayer needs. They're right there presented to you. I'm going to ask you, if you will, would you with me, we've been praying for these each day. Would you just pray over these right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. In this atmosphere, God, of praise, of faith. Lord God, we come to you calling on you, Lord, in behalf of Greg Miracle's mom. God, we believe you're healing for her right now. For Sister Louise Scott, God, we pray for her healing right now. Lord, she's in the hospital. Touch them, God. These are in the hospital. Father, I pray for Mary and for Lisa. Lord, I pray for their family, God. I ask you to move, God, upon them. I pray for Tony Banks, God, right now, Franny's son. God, I pray for Veronica's friend's mother, Adalia, God. I pray for Jason, my wife's cousin. I pray, God, over the Delbury family right now. Oh, Lord, move for Sister Wilma, God. I pray, God, touch her. God, for, for Brother Ramon's family right now, I pray. God, I ask you, God, just to move upon them. Lord, for those who've suffered loss, God, throughout this week, Lord, one of our police officers, Lord, lost their father. I pray, God, that you'd comfort his heart. Lord, they're making plans, God, to go to be with him. He's got to travel. Keep your hand upon him as they travel. Father, I pray, God, for Cindy's family, Cindy Buck, Lord. I ask you, God, to strengthen her and just move upon her life. I pray, God, for Sister Sherry's Aunt Judy, God. I pray for Marlene's friend Randy, Lord, right now. I pray, God, for Sister Pat Grissom for strength, God. I pray, Lord, for Sister Tammy, Lord. I pray, God, for her brother right now, God. I ask you to touch him. He just had surgery, God. I pray you move upon him. I pray, Lord, for my daughter, Lord, and, and, and their family, God. I ask you right now to comfort and lift them up, strengthen them, Lord, through their, through their time right now. I pray, God, that you would move upon, for, upon Jimmy Stallings, God. I pray, God, right now that you would just speak, Lord, over that life right now. Speak, God. Heal. Deliver in Jesus' name for Sister Pauline Ward's grandson, God, DJ. God, I pray that you'll move for Virginia, Lord, right now, Perez. I ask, God, that you bring healing. God, I believe, Lord, in healing. I believe you sent your word to heal us. I believe that with your stripes we're made whole. I believe, God, every provision that we have, God, has already been met. Lord, there's nothing, Lord, we have need of, but that you, Lord, have already supplied it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, bless our congregation. Move upon them. Keep them safe throughout the day. Oh, God, watch over them on their jobs. Bless them in their homes, Lord. Bless them where they go. Lord, whatever they put their hand to do, I pray your blessing on them, Lord. Let them know, God, that you are well able, God, to sustain them through every situation of life. God, for all of this, I'm going to praise you and thank you with everything in me. Lord God, I'm not going to let any rock take my place to praise you. 
but that I'm going to praise you, Lord, for your goodness. I'm going to praise you, Lord, for your grace. I'm going to praise you for your magnificent power, God, that comes upon your people, that enables us, God, to do what we could have never done in ourselves, but I give you the glory for it, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for times of prayer like this. I just give you the praise, and I give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I tell you what, I'm so thankful to the Lord for what he's done. Thankful that he answers our prayers. Thankful that you joined with us tonight as we have been in this time of prayer. And I, I'm just going to believe, I'm believing with you. And the Bible says, if two or three agree, so we just come into agreement right now that the Holy Spirit is moving and he's going to touch your life. If you'd like to know more about Jubilee Worship Center, go to jubileeworshipcenter.com. We'd love to hear from you. Check in with us. If you've been watching us on Facebook, share this prayer time with your friends and, and let them know we're praying for them and that we believe God is going to move in their lives. God bless you. Have a great night. Thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow night at 6 p.m. for our time of prayer. God bless you.